Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Janelle B. Stewart podcast. My podcast episodes touch on various aspects of our lives, including health and fitness, love and marriage, entrepreneurship, parenting, self-love, empowerment, and much more. So my goal with this podcast is after you listen to an episode, I want you to feel uplifted and inspired to do something better in your life. So this is episode number three. I am so excited. Three episodes in, going strong, and getting lots of great feedback. In the last episode, we discussed fair fighting in your marriage. And in that episode, I read chapter five in the book, The Everything Guide to a Happy Marriage, and I discussed 10 Rules of Fair Fighting. Definitely want to check out that episode if you are married, soon to be married, engaged to be married, or in any serious committed relationship. In this episode, I will be discussing traveling, traveling as a family, traveling with kids. But before I get into today's discussion, I want to ask everyone to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes for updates. If you don't have iTunes, no problem at all. You can subscribe on SoundCloud or if you check out JanelleBStewart.com, just click on the podcast link at the top of the menu and you can listen to them all there. So if you follow me on Instagram and Facebook, last week I shared a photo of me and the kids on the beach in San Juan, Puerto Rico. It was a throwback. And I was preluding to our upcoming vacation to the Bahamas. And I asked if anyone had any questions so that I could answer it in an upcoming podcast. I got about 11 questions that came in between Instagram and Facebook. And I'm going to touch on the top five of them. So the first question that I have is, how do you add romance to your vacation when traveling with children? I think it's a great question because depending on your accommodations, your romance will be will be affected, of course. So the first thing is, if you're able to be in separate rooms from your children, let's say, for example, if you're going with the hotel, they have children or family suites. I've stayed in a hotel with the family suite where the kids are on one side of the room and the bedroom and our bedroom was on another side of the room. It wasn't two separate rooms. It was just one room that was just broken up in that way so there wasn't like a living space because the kids room was kind of like the living space and if you are in a if you do get a hotel where you have like a living room with a pull-out sofa and then a bedroom that works too because the kids can stay in the living room area while you and your husband are in the bedroom area so if you can have that then you can actually have a lot of romance happen during your vacation. And if you don't have that, I'm also going to give you tips on how you can have romance in your vacation. So the first thing you want to do is think about what type of intimate interactions you want to have and you want to plan that ahead of time. So I think it's super romantic to give each other massages. I love giving my husband massages. I don't want to do it every single day, but on vacation, 
you know, bring your oils, bring your lotions, and if you can, pack a candle and a lighter just to set the ambiance. If you're not into candles, pack an incense and a lighter. You want to set the mood, you want to set the tone. So when the kids go down for bed, you know, in the evening, you can light your candle, you can light your incense, and you can pull out your massage oils and your lotions, and you can just give your husband a good massage, and he can reciprocate. reciprocate. Or maybe you do it on alternating days so that you're getting massaged on the first day, and then he's getting a massage on the next day. And really get into it. Put your phone on Pandora, or if you have Apple Music, or if you just have tunes set in your phone that you currently have downloaded, put the music on, put the candles on, Get the oils out and give your spouse a nice massage and spend a good amount of time doing it, maybe like 30 minutes. And don't just focus on one area. Don't just focus on the back. Work on the arms, work on the legs, work on the butt and, you know, really make it something that they can potentially fall asleep to. So that's one way. And you would do this when the kids are down. So another way to have romance on your vacation would be to... Put yourself in the mind frame of a teenager. You know, when you're a teenager and you're dating, you guys are holding hands all the time. You're always hugging. You know, you're always kissing and just kind of being flirtatious. I think all of that is really good. And depending on like what type of partner you have, like if your partner is not really romantic and doesn't really do these type of gestures all the time, you need to have this conversation with them because you don't want to start putting out all this energy to try to be this way on vacation and then it's not reciprocated. I can see how that would really ruin the vibe. So you kind of have to plan it if that's something that you want. And I know, you know, planning it and discussing it kind of takes the fun out of it. But I'm of the mindset, you know, this is what I want. And I want to have a, I want to have this type of experience while on vacation where it's full of romance and, and love. Then I would tell my husband, you know, I want for us to be really touchy feely. I want you to be open to receiving lots of affection and I want it to be reciprocated. You know, this is just what I want. And I think that that's okay if you don't have that type of husband who does that or you're not the type of wife who does that. It will be shocking if you just all of a sudden start doing it. So have the conversation beforehand and then... You know, other ways to be romantic and intimate. I think if you guys are holding hands often at the table, you're holding hands, looking into each other's eyes, doing some things that kids would do, like rubbing each other under the table, footsies, making sexual gestures, flirtatious gestures, touching each other in private places, touching each other's private places in a way that's kind of risky, maybe being spontaneous and, and doing something that's like unconventional to the, your relationship when you go out. Like if you're not someone who is big on PDA, then try that. I think that it's a great opportunity to just be free and maybe you'll be able to come back and keep on that level of intimacy and romance that you all had when you were on vacation. You can bring that back home and make it a part of your relationship again. Another way to add romance to your vacation is the destination. I I feel like for some places you go, romance and love is built into the environment. I love tropical islands. That's where we tend to travel a lot. So being on the beach where you can lay back in a beach chair while your kids are playing in the sand 
and you and your husband can be side by side holding hands, having a cocktail, and just talking to each other. I feel that that is really, really romantic to me. Some things you can do in the evening that are in-house could be having dinner together with some wine and some nice music. Have the kids eat before you do, and then they can go and they can be into their own stuff, watching TV, on the tablets, whatever. And then you and your husband have dinner together, just the two of you. And you make it romantic by having wine, talking to each other, maybe taking a bite out of his food and feeding him your food. Just saying, you know, I think romance is all about the mood and all about the attitude. It doesn't need to be like you have someone playing the violin and you have your outside in Paris where you can see the Eiffel Tower. I don't feel like you need that to have romance. It's all about the mindset. It's all about your attitude. It's all about how you do what you do that can be romantic because I know I know you know you can go to dinner with your husband and it can be completely unromantic. And you guys can be completely completely disconnected. And then there's times when you can do the same exact dinner and it's wonderful. So much romance, so much intimacy, and so much connection. So it's not really about the what. It's about your mindset, how you guys are acting with each other, and what you build into it. Um, so yeah, wine and food and all that is great. So the next question is, throughout the year, do you... Take vacations alone with your husband and vacations with the family or both. We do take a personal vacation, just the two of us, where we will have grandma, one of the grandmas come and stay with the kids while we go on a vacation. That vacation is usually a little bit shorter. It's usually about four days, one day of travel, two days there, and then one day of travel back home. And when we've done those vacations, we've visited St. Thomas and we visited Jamaica. We actually went on a vacation for our fifth year wedding anniversary, and uh, that was a lot of fun. The other vacation that we do is with the family, and that's once a year. Typically, it's in December, but we have done it in um, August before, and the, the hubby and I go with, with the kids, so we do both. We do both. And the next question is... What criteria do you use to select Airbnb accommodations? This is going to be my first time staying in an Airbnb. And so for me, I pretty much wanted it to feel like a home away from home. So the first thing I selected for filter was um, entire house. I didn't want it to feel like a hotel. I didn't want it to be like a room. I wanted it to be an entire house so it could feel like a home away from home. And I also wanted for us to be able to have our personal spaces so the kids could be in their own room. We could have our own bedroom and we could have a kitchen to cook. We could have a kitchen to dine or a dining room to dine. And then we could have a living room space where the family could come together and we could do things together. So it was important for me that we have an entire house. And one of the benefits of going with Airbnb is a lot of the entire home listings cost either exactly the same as getting one hotel room or even cheaper depending on you know how far you are from the, the downtown and stuff like that and how big the house is. 
So some other filters that I selected for the Airbnb was I needed to have Wi-Fi. I think that's that's a must. It's kind of self-explanatory. You're traveling, you want to be able to get on Wi-Fi. And I also selected that there be a pool and a park in the area. So we're actually going to be staying in a place that offers both, which is great. So that way, if we don't want to go to the beach, we have another option for the kids to still be by the water. And then playgrounds are like a must for kids. That's pretty much really it. Outside of that, it was just looking at the photos to see what the actual space looked like and then reading reviews to see what people thought about the space who have already stayed there. The next question is, have you ever been on a cruise with your family and would you go on a cruise? So my husband and I have actually been on several cruises. I believe we've been on three and we've not been on any cruises with the kids just yet. I want to take on them on a cruise and my husband is very specific about which cruise we go on and so he's decided on the Disney cruise. I'm really happy about it and I'm really excited about that too. However, the Disney's cruise is really expensive and so being that my daughter is two and my son is four, I just don't feel like going on a Disney cruise now is the smartest thing to do. So once they turn... Uh, let's say maybe five and seven or seven and nine, I think I will be more excited about going on a Disney cruise because I want them to remember. I don't want to go on a cruise and then four or five years later, they have no recollection of that experience because we don't have to go now. We, we can wait. It's not like it's a one and once in a lifetime opportunity that's been presented to us. So we have to do it. So when they get older, We'll definitely go on the Disney cruise with them. The next question is, how do you prepare and pack for your children? We tend to go on vacation as a family in the winter, so I just pull out their summer clothes. I don't like to take too many things from my kids because it just becomes cumbersome. There's just too many options, and we're not there that long that we need an entire wardrobe. So I tend to pack a little light. Most of the days are going to be beach days, so I pack all of their swimming trunks and all of the bathing suits, and then I pack a daytime outfit for each day and an evening outfit for each day, and I also pack about two to three pairs of shoes each, something that can be worn on the beach, something that is a summery style shoe, and then something that we need for the playground so that, you know, the closed toe, sneaker, rubbery bottom type of shoe that they can run around and not get hurt or hurt their feet. Outside of the, you know, those things, of course, we pack the normal stuff, my daughter's hair care, skin care for both of them, and any toys that they love to have that keep them distracted, pick a few of them, any books that they like to read so we can read to them before, before nap and before bedtime, any activity workbooks like coloring books or activity sticker books that they can be preoccupied with, especially on the plane. And we try to pack any of their favorite snacks and things that we may not be able to find in another country. So that's pretty much how I pack the kids. I try to keep it really easy and pack light. Oh, another thing, when you travel to Caribbean islands, they tend to have the AC on everywhere you go. So don't underestimate taking a jacket or a sweater and some long pants, especially even for like your hotel room or your Airbnb home, because you'll find yourself feeling hot and then cold and then it's easier to just put on some clothes when you're in an air-conditioned environment versus trying to turn the heat down and then making it uncomfortable for everybody else. <laughs> so pack some long sleeve 
shirts and some sweaters or a hoodie or a coat, something like that, where if you're in an environment that's cold, you can just put on your coat, you know? It makes it a lot easier for everybody to balance the differing temperatures. So the last question I'm gonna answer today is what tips do you use to travel with children for minimal stress? So the first thing is starting off with just arriving at the airport. I think that one parent should be with one kid and the other parent should be with the other kid. And when when the one of the parents needs to talk and, you know, hand out passports or speak with the agent at the flight desk, the other parent needs to be ready to step in and take over. So that's the first thing. Do not go to the airport with little time thinking that it would be better if we spend as little time as possible in the airport so that we don't have to deal with the kids overreacting or misbehaving. I think that that's actually the worst thing you could do. Give yourself enough time so that when you get to the airport, you can slowly go through the motions. You know, you don't want to be stressed and trying to do things so quickly because you're afraid of missing your flight. Like, give yourself enough time. The kids are not going to be as pressed to get through everything as you are. The airport is... Uh, very busy and for a lot of kids it's like overstimulation there's so many people there's so many things to see so you need to give yourself enough time to account for that so if you travel uh, at 10 o'clock make sure you're there at like 8 almost 9 maybe 8 30 the latest take your time going through the checkpoint take your time going through security and all that and then when you are through security you can slowly walk to your gate you can look around and you can make sure that if the kids are interested in something you don't have to fight with them like no we can't look at that just let them look at it let them have fun and make the airport experience really easy and not one where you're so uptight and you're so rigid it makes everybody stressed out and it's not necessary traveling with kids if your kids are at an age where they can walk I would say leave the strollers. I've seen people with their kids in strollers and the kids were so big that their legs were hanging off the stroller. I just don't believe in that. Take Taking a stroller should be for children who are like maybe two or younger who really just cannot handle long walks. But my children are four and two and I don't see myself needing a stroller. They can handle it. It's just not necessary. Um... You should don't totally pack food. I mean, I don't know how many times I've traveled by myself and, you know, an hour in the airport, with a 45 minutes to commute to the airport, plus an hour in the airport. That's like two hours now, plus like a two to three hour plane ride. Now we're at five hours and then an hour to get to my hotel. That's like six hours. And if you're doing this with kids, peanuts and cookies and a little bit of juice on a plane is not enough. You need to be more responsible and more prepared. So take food with you, whether it's you buy this food in the airport or you packed it with you and brought it with you to the airport, that's up to you. But you need food and you need enough of it so that in six hours your children can have eaten as many times as they needed so that you're not stressed out on the plane. 
When it comes to your seating arrangement, I would suggest you divide and conquer, especially if you have two kids. If you're a family of three and it's you, your husband, and one kid, then you're good. You can just book one side of the plane. However, if you're a family of four like we are, it would not be, I would not suggest that you have three people on one side, one parent, and two kids on one side, and then the other parent on the other side. I don't suggest that. You want to divide and conquer. So buy the middle seat on both sides and the aisle seat on both sides. Have one parent with one child and the other parent with the other child. And that way you can divide and conquer and you can take care of just one child's needs along with yourself versus having one parent try to do it all and the parent who's across the aisle is snoring. Like, that's not cool. That's not going to work. I don't think that's a good idea. And I know you might be thinking it will be better because you can have the whole the whole row and you don't have to disturb um, the person who's sitting next to you. I understand that thinking, but it's just not fair for one parent to have to deal with two kids the entire way. And if you you don't know if your kids are going to sleep or not. So, you know, you don't want to have to deal with that. And then the fighting and then I'm hungry, I need to use the bathroom, all of that. If you're responsible for one, you take care of them. The other one's responsible for the other one. And then, you know, you're not going to have much communication really because you're so busy with the kids. But that's okay. This is just for the plane ride. Do this just for the plane ride and then worry about, you know, connecting on the vacation. <laughs> That's totally fine. And you want to pack all of their fun things. Uh, I recommend headphones. We purchased headphones for our daughter and our son. Plug them into the seats. I know JetBlue usually has music and, and videos or movies you can watch right in the headrest of the seat in front of you. However, if you're not flying with JetBlue, then... Suggest, I would suggest you have your tablet anyway. So have your tablet, have your phone out, and let them listen to music. Let them watch any downloaded movies you have on your phone or look through some of your games and play the games on your phone. So download games and have that ready on your phone as well. And activity books, workbooks, regular books that they like to read, coloring books, have all that stuff handy with you on the plane so that they can do it when they are... Um, while they're awake. Also travel with small blankets. If you don't have your own, as soon as you get on the plane, the first thing you want to do is ask for two blankets for the kids or if you want one for you, or if you want three or four, that's fine. Usually they allow for you, if you're traveling with small children, they usually allow you to get on the plane first. So you can get first dibs at the blankets. Grab those blankets so that when your kids fall asleep on the plane, you can totally cover them up. Make sure you pack gum. Uh, the air pressure in the plane for kids can be a little bit intense and their ears can be popping and clogged. So when they start to, if they do start to whine or cry about pain in their ears, stick some gum in their mouth and it will help them to alleviate the pressure and reduce the clog and the popping from happening. So I was actually not going to answer any more questions, but I got through the five questions I wanted to answer really quickly. So I'm going to go into a few more that I think will be really quick to answer. How do you plan and save for family vacations? So for me, I know based on the fact that since we've been we've been traveling as a family for about three years, this is going to be our third family, no, four years, this is going to be our fourth family vacation. So I actually have figured out when I want to travel. I know I want to travel in December and if ever I need to travel in another month, I'm going to choose August. 
So I always decide to travel in August, end of August, or I'm going to travel in December. For me, this may not work for you, but this works for us. So that's how I plan the time I'm going to travel. And then as far as savings, my first suggestion would be using your tax return. Depending on what projects you have that you need to actually use that money, like if you need to do some home improvement or, you know, you need a new car or something, I would suggest that you use your tax money. And if you can, take $2,000 from your tax money. That may be all of it for some people. But if you really want a vacation, then this is what you should do because saving over a long period of time is easy, but some of us fall short on being consistent. So if you can take $2,000 from your tax money and put that aside, then throughout the year, you don't have to save so much money. Um, as a family of four, we can vacation on about $3,000 to $4,000. And this is because we're traveling out of the country and we're going for an entire week. If you're traveling local and you're going to stay somewhere for a shorter amount of time, maybe four days, then you can totally get your budget down. Another thing is we do go a lot of places, so we have to have a nice budget either for a rental car or for cabs and taxi fare. So as far as like where we want to go, our kids love the beach. So it's like a no-brainer for us. We're not going to go somewhere that's urban like New York. You know, I don't want to go to another country that is city-like. We want to be in a tropical destination. We want to be on a beach. I want to have pina coladas and I want to have cocktails on the beach. Like that's what we want. And the kids love it because they love the beach. So everyone gets to win. And when you live in New York and you see concrete all day, you want to go somewhere where it just feels different and the entire environment sets the mood, you know. Every picture you take looks amazing because the sun is super shiny, the clouds are super white, the, the sky is super blue, and you have palm trees behind you in every shot. Like, that's the type of vacation I want, so... That's how we plan and that's how we save. Another option is if you get bonuses, mid-year bonuses or end-of-year bonuses, you can totally put that towards your vacation. And if you're a contractor like I am, where I get hired for my services, when those big payments come in, take 40% of it or 20% of it and put it to the side for vacation, which is exactly what I do. Okay, so I'm hoping that I got to, I think I got to most of the questions. I didn't get to every single one, or maybe I did. No, I, I don't think I got to every single one, but I am hoping that I helped you out a little bit with the answers that I did give. Now I'm going to get into the question of the day portion of the podcast, where I ask you a question and you share with me your answers on my social media. My question for today is, if you could travel one place with your family, if cost and time of year was not a factor, where would that be? I want you to share your answer with me on Twitter. So you can tweet me the answer to your question at Janelle B. Stewart using the hashtag question of the day. And next, I want to take the time to thank some special, very important people that are listening to this podcast. I'm going to do a reviewer shout out. And 
For those of you who are listening to this podcast, I do want you to know that I appreciate your listening. I appreciate your subscription. And I also want for you to leave me a review. And I appreciate you for leaving me a review. I'm really goal-oriented and I know that it's really important to get reviews on podcasts because that helps you get noticed in the iTunes, new and noteworthy, and also within the category that I'm in, you know, getting lots of reviews and downloads and all of that is helpful in growing this podcast. So I've set a little goal for myself. I feel like goals help to motivate you and push you to work harder and to be better. So my goal is to get 20 reviews a week. Now, I know that might seem like crazy. Oh my goodness, Janelle, 20 reviews in a week. But I've checked the subscription and we're at 100 subscribers. Yay! And people have listened to my podcast over 600 times. So I figure if there's that many people tuning in and only 20 of you decide, hey, I'm going to leave a review, that would mean the world to me. To show my appreciation for the people who have left reviews thus far, there's nine reviews on my podcast at this time. I'm going to read a few of them. So the first review is from Green and Tasty 2. She titled her review, Fair Fighting in Marriage. I love the episode. Great tips for married folks and especially for people who who are engaged, me, to be married. Thank you for sharing your experience with me. Looking forward for more episodes. And she rated it five stars. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. The next comment, the next review is from D-F-H-N-J-C-F-H-J-K. I don't even know what that means, but she rated it five stars as well. And she said, love this. I love this podcast, especially as a student trying to balance schoolwork and my appetite. Laugh out loud. Thank you so much. The third one I have here is from wife, mother, daughter, sister. Five stars again. Thank you. Very inspiring, she titles it. Just listened to episode one and I absolutely loved it. Real talk from a real woman. No fluff, just honesty. I'm certainly motivated and appreciate the practical tips Janelle gives. I definitely be tuning in on a regular. Thank you so much. So those were the top three I really appreciate you all, and I want you to rate this episode. I believe you can write a review as often as you want, so don't hesitate to write a review of each episode, even if you've already left a review in the past. You can review just that one episode, and it's kind of like your way of leaving a comment and letting me know what you thought, and I really do appreciate it. So... As I um, am talking to you all now, I have nine reviews. I'm almost at 50% of my goal to get 20 reviews, and I'm looking forward to reading yours and giving you a shout-out next week. So thank you. So I've taken some time out to write show notes for you all. You can click the link in the description of this podcast to get the show notes. All you have to do is enter in your email address or you can visit JanelleBStewart.com and click podcast, go to episode three and then click the link where it says show notes and you'll be able to see the show notes for today's episode. 
So the next episode, I don't exactly have a topic just yet, but I would love for you to share with me what you would love for me to talk about next. All you have to do is go on Twitter and tweet me. Let me know what you think another, what you think my next podcast should be on. Or, you know, if you have a question, you can tweet me as well. Use hashtag AskJanelle. And then I can look through the, the hashtag to see what are some things that people want me to ask. And I can use your question as a topic for the next podcast. So I just want to say to everyone who listened in today, thank you so much. You can keep in touch with me at Janelle B. Stewart on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Please, please, please subscribe to this podcast. Leave a review. And as always, I love you for listening. Bye.